Welcome to Throwing Light. This is episode eight, and it has to do with connection, and it doesn't have a title yet, which is probably connected. Okay, so connection is one of the big themes in my life right now. Oneness. Oh, wow. My mom just had a thing she had to do at the hospital today. And she just texted me and said that everything went fine. So I'm going to put that in because it's all connected. Yeah, connection. I, I think everything is connected. That's what I believe. And that shapes the way that I live my life. So I have been wanting to do this episode for a few weeks. I've actually been working on this episode for a few weeks and couldn't get it together. And honestly, it's not as... So this episode is going to be more rambly on purpose than some of my past episodes I was working on this episode and I kind of had it almost together and I was sharing with Jermaine that I was doing this episode and that I was very excited about it. And he asked me some questions that probably were very innocent, but it made me spiral into like, a, oh my God, this is not going to be good enough. I'm not equipped to talk about how everything is connected. That's next level actual guru shit. And I really... I really struggled. So I wrote the script and then I tore it all apart and then I wrote it again. Yeah, I had a lot of fear. And then by happenstance, I ended up listening to a podcast by the lovely Being Boss Ladies. They interviewed Jay Pryor and the episode was called Fuck Fear. And first of all, it made me realize, oh my God, I'm scared to do this episode and what's that about and that's interesting and it's just art like nobody's dying (laughs) I'm sure it's gonna be okay like even if it sucks it's fine so there were a couple things that really helped me but one of them was there's this thing in your brain and I don't remember (laughs) what the hell it's called but it filters out everything that you don't believe so It's an actual thing in your brain. It's like a, (laughs) this is me talking science. So you believe that carrots are purple and can't be any other color. This thing in your brain would only allow you to see purple carrots. Essentially, whatever it is you believe, evolutionarily, we have evolved to only see what it is we believe. So if we believe (laughs) that this episode is going to be really scary and it's going to suck, then that's what's going to happen. I'm not going to be able to do the episode. But as soon as I become aware of, oh, that's what's going on, I started to get really excited. So let's do it. (laughs) If you're interested in more than just rambly podcast thoughts about connection and metaphysical ideas surrounding connection, there's a couple of good resources that I want to point you to. One is The Field by Lynn McTaggart. She also wrote a book called The Intention Experiment. She's a journalist. She goes deep into like 
proving that we're all connected. There is more than just what we can see and touch and feel and taste. And it's fascinating and it's hard to read, but it's worth it. If you're looking for something a little bit lighter, there's a movie called I Am by filmmaker Tom Shadiak, director of Bruce Almighty, The Nutty Professor, Ace Ventura, lots of Jim Carrey movies. So he interviewed all these gurus about what is the meaning of life, and the answers were, as they are, fascinating and interesting. And so those two... And then Rob Bell created, and I may have mentioned this before because everything is connected back to Rob Bell, but he created this speaking tour called Everything is Spiritual Part 2. I think that was in 2015 or 2016, but he put the whole thing on YouTube so you can just watch it for free. The idea that everything is spiritual is a life philosophy that I hold, thanks to Rob Bell, because everything is connected back to Rob Bell. He starts at the beginning of the universe, which is where people normally start, I think. And he goes until like people, really, we're like the 11th hour. We came along and like blew everything up. But he talks about how essentially the pattern of the universe has been to build on each other. So I'm going to butcher this, but atoms become cells, which become organisms. Eventually you get to whatever it is we are. So his theory ultimately was that the job of our life is to come together and unite in some kind of meaningful way. And maybe more than just metaphorically, like we are one, like we're actually one thing. So that kind of gets weird and cool if you like that stuff. And it's free, so it's not going to cost you anything. Go watch it. I keep coming back to this idea that the known world, what we know, people and desks and words, art and stars, what we know is 4% of the universe. There's 96% of the universe. We have no fucking clue what it is. That's really kind of bizarre. It feels like we collectively know a lot. Humanity has done some cool shit. So when you think about it in those terms and you think about how small we as individuals are in the relative scheme of things, one thing that Jay Pryor said in the Being Boss episode that was really helpful was when you think about how much of like a speck of dust you are and how insignificant you are, you really can't fail. You can't screw it up by yourself, probably. Maybe unless you're Voldemort, but even he couldn't screw it up. So I think especially when you think about making art, and I think of art in the broadest terms. So whether you are a teacher or a candle maker or a writer, there's an art to all of it. And we're all just kind of making it up as we go. So you can't screw it up. But also what you do matters. I have been thinking a lot about the idea of belief and what we believe and what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about uh, the people who love us, what we believe about our abilities. Especially, you know, taking some psychology classes, I am often surprised at how psychology lines up with more new agey out there stuff that I have come across that just when I read it resonates as true. What is interesting is that 
we know everything that we believe is not true. And that doesn't have to be like damning. Oh, so the thing that's coming up right now. So I went yesterday, I went to like my grad school orientation info session lunch. And at the end, the head of the program said, you know, hey, guys, congratulations on making it. This is a really competitive program. And you did well or something like that. And I was taken aback because I have this belief that I know that I need to let go of. I keep thinking, I can't believe they let me in. Who knows what it is I'm thinking, but they wouldn't have let me in. And I know on an intellectual level, I've worked my ass off. And I, you know, spent the last several years of my life writing and speaking about helping people, essentially. And that's what I want to do. And that's why I want to study social work. And that's why I want to get my degree and um, and my license so that I can have a practice and and work with individuals. And I have an intuitive sense that I'm good at this. And know on one level that this is my path. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. But on the other hand, there's this self-esteem. I'm not good enough to do this thing that I know I'm meant to do. One of the things that I'm working on right now is getting really clear about what beliefs aren't serving me and actively working to let those go. The idea is, she talks about it in the field, in the intention experiment, what we believe is true becomes our reality. We dream it into existence. And so if you're living a fear-based life, like I often am, (laughs) then what you fear will come true. And the idea here, there's tons of ideas here, but we are made of, on a molecular level, we are made of the same stuff that your desk and the wall (laughs) and stardust, the same stuff that was here at the beginning of the world. Like it all just kind of keeps morphing and evolving. In that way, it's connected. We're all this weird configuration of energy that is right now one thing, but in a hundred years will be something completely different. And a thousand years will be something completely different. And 50 years ago, something completely different. In that way, we have the power to shape it. So we get to be part of the energy. We get to decide what we're going to do with that. So you create your day every single day. You get up, you decide what you're going to eat, when you're going to brush your teeth, when you're going to leave the house, if you're going to leave the house, (laughs) if you're going to watch TV, if you're going to go to work, if you're going to go to school. And Most of it is automatic. 60 something, like 60%, 65% of everything we do is an automatic response. We are unconscious. We do it because we've done it yesterday. We did it five weeks ago. (laughs) Because if we had to think about everything that we do, we would go insane. (laughs) We just, on some level, in order to maintain a degree of sanity, have to go to autopilot. So there's two ideas here that I want to kind of flesh out. So one, 
that I've been exploring at length over the last nine months is if everything is on autopilot or if most of it is autopilot, then it really matters what you decide to do. So you get to decide, I'm going to get up and meditate every day for five minutes or I'm going to get up and go for a run or I'm going to get up and eat something really healthy. If you do that long enough, it will become the thing you do. So for example, every day, I get up and I have a glass of water before I have my 10,000 gallons of coffee. (laughs) And it's a habit. Like I do it every day. I do it without thinking about it. I get up and I do a meditation. Those are intentional decisions I made. What I'm working on is writing my book and, and working out because they have not become ingrained. They're not automatic. So I have to think about them. And it's a chore. And I live a busy life. So because I don't do them every day, I don't have time to do them every day. Everything is a habit. So what are your habits? And how can you make them closer to whatever you're aiming for? I'm fascinated right now with this idea of enlightenment. The idea that Jesus possibly Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Buddha, Muhammad, were closer to enlightenment or awakening. There are those of us who have come along throughout the years who kind of have done us this service to lead the way. So they show us what it could look like to lead an enlightened life. And it's our job to emulate them. And part of enlightenment is waking up. So yes, your habits matter, what you do every day matters, but also I think there is an element of lessening the part of your life that is on autopilot. So part of our job is to wake up and part of our job is to deepen the parts that are meant to be asleep. Bringing it back to the we are all connected train of thought, there's a lot of brokenness in the world. And part of what I want to do in this podcast is integrating the lightness with the darkness, looking at the hard stuff, the painful stuff, and exploring it and exploring ways that we as individuals can play a part in what people might call restoration or redemption or reclamation. The best way that I've determined to do that is to clean up my side of the street. A couple things come to mind. Rob Bell on his a recent podcast talked about how parenting at its best was managing your own anxiety. He talks about how our kids are not buckets to pour our crap into. <laughs> we want to, to do our own inner work um, so that we don't pass along all of our fears and anxieties to our kids. And I think to some degree, the nature of being human is that we make mistakes and that happens. And so I want to be careful in saying that because I truly believe that that's true. But at the same time, I am prone to shame spiraling. So when I hear that, I think of my 15-year-old daughter and all the ways (laughs) that I might have already done that. And like, she's screwed up because of me. She's not screwed up, by the way. She's amazing. The answer here is not shame spiraling. The answer is, what can I do to clean up my own stuff? 
And for me, that's going to counseling. That's saying I'm sorry when I feel like I I said something preachy. It's working on my own stuff. It's going after my dreams. It's all of that. But that applies to more than just our kids. I feel like there are a lot of people right now with estranged family members because of the latest election. There's an episode called Love Your Enemy that goes more in depth there. I'm not going to not going to go there. But anyway, so the idea is the way to make the world a better place is to make ourselves it's not even about like ambition. It's not like go after your dreams. That's fine and I love that kind of stuff. How at peace are you about the life that you live? Acceptance and joy and love and connection with other people in like the way that is not super metaphysical. <laughs> We're social creatures. That's part of what we do. I totally went off script. None of this was in my notes, which is super unusual since I started the podcast. I generally try to not make shit up as I go along, but this felt right. And I've done some work to kind of figure out what do I want? What's the point of this episode? And I think the main point that I want to get across is that we are all connected. And if we are willing to entertain that that's true, we can use that to improve our lives and the world around us. And that's what we're doing here. <laughs> so I think that's probably all. Thank you for listening. If you're getting a lot from this, leave a review. I would really, really appreciate it. And it will help me reach more people. So here it is, your break for verses. What does it mean to believe in the God of abundance? The philosophy of scarcity on which I was raised knows nothing about this God. As I look around this hole of debt I'm in, I can't deny my monetarily mixed up emotions. I was taught to save and spend wisely and that I didn't do either of those things well. I was taught to sweat and bleed and grovel. I wasn't taught to earn. I was taught that if I couldn't pay my bills, I wasn't working hard enough. 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 I don't know what enough is. I owe a lot of people a, a lot of money. And good Christians don't have debt, right? Enough. It is finished. I spent too long trying to be a good Christian, and I've been invited by the God of abundance to discover what it means to be fully human. And I think it has a lot to do with where I place my purse. <laughs>